Kia ora koutou and welcome to the Dawn Chorus. I'm Bernard Hickey for the Kaka. This morning I want to focus on three or four bits of news that appear unrelated but actually show the extraordinary problems New Zealand has with housing affordability and what some would call energy poverty but actually is just poverty. And an opportunity that we have with not just extraordinarily low borrowing costs, but in real terms, negative borrowing costs, i.e. if you borrow money by the time you have to pay it back, it's much, much less in real terms. Okay, so the big scoop today out from Thomas Coughlin in the Herald is that the government, Kainga Order, has been actually buying a lot of existing homes um, and is not, uh, as many would think, only building new homes. There have been 7,934 public homes added by the government uh, since it was brought in in 2017. However, only so far 3,716 are new. So less than half of the apparently new houses added to Kainga Ora were actually new houses. The rest were uh, other houses bought by the government and um, designed for social housing. Now that's understandable when you've got a housing shortage which which is now up to 24,000 on the waiting list. You do everything you possibly can to try and bring in social housing. And of course you aim to get as many new ones as as, as you can. And Kainga Ora is right now doing the biggest building program since pretty much the early 70s. Um, So no one's um, uh, complaining about that. But what it means, of course, is that the government's buying is actually helping to push up prices, not just of houses and land, but land. Um, It's just been given $2 billion to go out and buy land to build houses on. So this is just a function of trying to catch up with 30 years of underbuilding and how the stress is, of course, focused on those at the lowest end. However, the government pushes back and says, well, we've just got to solve this housing crisis, and that's why we've been buying existing homes. But at the same time, it's just quietly changed the rules so that community housing providers, such as the Monte Cecilia Housing Trust, based in Auckland, now will not get the income-related rent subsidy when they get a lease on an existing house to house a family. So um, some hypocrisy there from the government and unnecessary austerity. This will save the government tens of millions of dollars in income-related rent subsidies, but of course it's a false economy. Many of those families will end up on the waiting list and then going through Kainga Ora. I'm increasingly concerned that the government seems to be pushing aside the community housing uh, um, providers, uh, those social housing providers which aren't Kainga Ora, and focusing all its attentions on Kainga Ora. It's also um, continuing to uh, uh, limit itself because of self-perceived debt limits and um, spending limits, budget limits, which actually shouldn't be there. The government has $40 billion in cash in an account that it built up during COVID and didn't spend. It should be using that, that, that money to help kids in poverty. Um, to give you an idea of how much of an effect this policy change will have on the community housing providers, Bernie Smith from uh, um, 
Monte Cecilia was quoted last night in a News Hub report saying that uh, uh, this will mean over 200 families who are currently in Monte Cecilia accommodation will now have to wait for years in temporary housing um, for the Conga Order Build program to catch up. Um, and you simply have to ask, why isn't the government doing a lot more to build a lot more new houses? They would argue there aren't the people in the trades or the building materials to do it right now. That's true. But the government needs to signal a much, much, much bigger housing program over the next 10 to 20 years, explain how it's going to be funded and what it would mean for house prices. Of course, that's the dirty little secret in this debate. Neither the government nor the opposition want to do anything that actually push house prices down. Also out this morning, a report from Child Poverty Action Group, who are a great group of independent researchers and activists based in Auckland, who keep the government's feet to the fire on child poverty. It's put out a report showing it expects that COVID-19 has pushed an extra 18,000 kids into child poverty and that Māori and Pacifica children are the worst affected. You can see that obviously in the massive increase in the social housing uh, register, effectively the group of people who are homeless. And of course the government continues to buy motels to um, put people up there while it uh, builds houses via Kainga order. Also really tough news in the middle of winter, no Mai Ra, which is an independent power provider, which aims to help uh, households who have problems getting power uh, from existing power providers because they may have credit problems, maybe they've failed to pay a bill in the past. Uh, they're now asking 500 customers who can afford to leave to leave the company because they cannot afford the wholesale power prices at the moment. The wholesale power price has trebled in the last six months because of gas shortages and lower lake levels, and this has driven a whole bunch of independent power retailers out of the market. It just uh, reaffirms the problems in the wholesale electricity market. It's not providing the long-run cost of power at an accessible price for independent retailers, and it means those gen tailors, who, who have, of course, their own access to their own cheap power from mostly uh, hydroelectric dams, um, are at the point of cutting people off from power and then squeezing out the one independent who is helping out those people in poverty. Uh, so we now have no retailer of last resort in the market. Um, both Electric Kiwi and Power Kiwi have um, been driven out of um, buying new customers in this market. That means the big five power gen tailors are free to do what they were doing before the independence uh, arrived, which is keep putting up prices. And we'll keep an eye on the uh, disconnections uh, in the industry over the next um, couple of months to see what impact we've seen through this winter. We're hearing anecdotal reports that many people who are uh, struggling uh, because of COVID are um, simply not turning on their heating. They don't want the, the bill shock that comes of having to turn on heating, even if they're in a, a home that has just had uh, heat pumps and uh, heaters installed. That's no help if you can't afford the power bill. And uh, we're in a position now where No Maidar's uh, co-founder, Isra Hidewani, is trying to get one of the big gen tailors to help them out with uh, selling electricity at the long run average cost, which of course, closer to $35 per um, gigawatt uh, hour, sorry, megawatt hour, 
That's what Rio Tinto is paying at the smelter. So we have the situation now where a foreign-owned company is pumping out aluminium for export to the rest of the world using power from a dam paid for by the taxpayers in the 60s and 70s. Um, meanwhile, poor people in the middle of winter are turning off their power because they can't afford it, and independent retailers who are trying to help them are having to turn away people at the door. It's a, it's a scandal that at the same time as New Zealand's real government bond yields are negative, we have 24,000 people who can't afford housing, and the government, which has $40 billion in cash sitting in its account, is choosing to restrict funding to social housing providers. And last night, the US 10-year government bond yield hit a record low of minus 1.17%. So we have a government that is worried about debt imposing awful conditions on poor people, allowing more people to be in child poverty, at the same time as it has one of the best and lowest debt situations in the world, a negative real interest rate, and it is sitting on its hands and choosing to, as its first priority, keep a lid on debt. That is a scandal. That's the news today on Tuesday the 27th of July. That's the Dawn Chorus. I'm Bernard Hickey for the Kaka.